0: Uh, to be with us this morning, uh, we are in week two. We kicked off a series uh, last Sunday that I've just simply entitled "The Gospel uh, More Than a Life Vest," and we talked about this idea of the gospel. If you're not familiar, the the word gospel it means good news. That's what gospel means. And so often when we when we think about what is the gospel, uh, we can think of something like a life vest. And, and this idea of a, that, that a life vest is a, you know, God, we were dying, we were drowning, and God throws us a life vest, and now we're saved. And that's, that's great, and that's part of the gospel, but there is a fuller gospel, and last week we talked about this, that God is the gospel. That the greatest good of the gospel is God himself, that that is the greatest part of the gospel, the nature, the character of who God is, and it's primarily revealed through Jesus. And that is the good news for every single one of us. And so if you miss that message, it's kind of foundational. I encourage you to go back, listen to that message, all right? Uh, But this morning, we're going to dig into another principle that I think is really critical for us, okay? Question, how many of you have ever misunderstood what somebody had to say? Every man should raise their hand right now, right? Hey, women, you're confusing to us. That's how it is, okay? All right, we we get it. You can say one thing, but you know sometimes there's a context that we don't understand. And you don't quite get what's going on. This is a commercial that was on uh, TV a couple of years ago. love this commercial. Can I play this for you real quick? Play back. Is this my car? Take Is it for everyone's moments? This is ridiculous. Is my Is this my car? What? This is ridiculous. This can't be happening. This can't be happening. Oh, it's happening. Sweet. Oh, it's happening, sweetheart. Shut, Shut up. up! Shut up! Ah! That's why State Farm is there. What oh With car insurance for when things go wrong. What a day! But also here with car to help life go right. State Farm. This is not brought by State Farm. Okay, so yeah, this message is not brought to you by State Farm. But uh, we uh, we get this idea. You know, I love it. I know oh, what's happening, sweetheart. That's like my favorite line in that commercial. But we get like it doesn't really matter the words that are being spoken. There's context to those words that matter, right? That impact the meaning of what it is. Like, we get that in everyday English. Like, how something is said is very important. Those those cues are important because they're telling you something about what's being said. Here's the deal. In scripture, sometimes there are historical cues that actually impact the meaning of what something says, okay? And if we don't have an understanding of what those historical cues are, then we're totally missing something that's going on in the text. And this morning, we're going to take some time and we're going to go through some of the historical context for this whole idea of the good news and this gospel idea, okay? We're going to dig into that just for a moment, and I think what we're going to see is that it impacts how we understand what the gospel really is. And I think we're going to see a core truth of the New Testament that very often, I would say for many of us, we never even know is there because we've never understood what it's really trying to say, okay? So here's the deal. I need you to help me this morning, okay? Because here's the deal. The next 15 minutes are going to feel a little bit like school, okay? Sorry, it is, okay? It's going to, how many of you remember driver's ed class? Remember you go to driver's ed class? What did you want to do in driver's ed class? Drive a car. Okay, what did they do? They talked to you for a little bit first, Okay. That's what's going to happen. We're going to drive the car before this message is over with, but I've got to give you a little context, so I need you to stick with me. Okay, so this might be a message you might need to lean forward a little bit just to get yourself engaged, to receive what I'm going to be sharing, and then we're going to see, okay, what does that mean for us today, all right? That's what we're going to do. So if you got your Bible, turn with me to Mark chapter 1. Mark chapter 1, beginning in verse number 1, all right? As always, if you don't have a Bible, we think it's really important. So you can always borrow one from the table in the back. If you don't own one, take it with you on the way out the door. That's our gift to you. We want you to have a Bible. We think it's really important, okay? Would you stand with me? Because we're going to read our primary text here this morning. Again, there's nothing sacred about stands. just what we do around here, just to honor the Word of God together, okay? All right. Mark chapter 1, beginning in verse number 1. Just a few verses here. The beginning of the good news about Jesus, the Messiah, the Son of God. As it is written in Isaiah the prophet, I will send my messenger ahead of you, who will prepare your way. A voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight paths for him. I want you to jump down to verse number 14. After John was put in prison, Jesus went into Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God. The time has come, he said. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. Let's pray together. God, we thank you for your word. We thank you that you want to speak to us, God. And I, if there's any week that I feel like I'm I'm incapable of sharing this perfectly, God, this is that week. But God, I'm asking by your Holy Spirit that you would bring revelation of this truth to every single one of our hearts. And that we would all see how this drastically impacts today. God, it doesn't impact just the future. It impacts today. So help us to see that, we pray. In the name of Jesus, everybody said, amen. You can be seated. Be seated. All right, so when Jesus comes on the scene, when he comes talking, he's preaching one thing. Look what it says in the text. What does it say? Verse number 15, the time has come. He said, the kingdom of God has come here, repent and believe the good news. So what is the good news Jesus is declaring? The kingdom of God is here. This is it. So it is the good news of the kingdom of God. This is what Jesus begins preaching, okay? And all of the followers after him, all the apostles, they're declaring this same good news over and over and over again. When you you study history, though, when you study around this time, you understand that Jesus isn't the first person to use this word gospel or good news. Okay, this is a word that was was something people were used to in a, in a few different scenarios. They had heard this word gospel before. So what we need to do is we need to take off our you know, 2019 lens for a second and say, okay, in the first century, what did they hear when they heard gospel? Like, what were they expecting? What were they looking for? Okay? And so we're going to look at this word gospel through two different lenses this morning. And each of those lenses is going to reveal something about this gospel and about this who this Jesus really is, and it transforms the way that we live our lives, okay? So here's what we're going to do. The very first lens that we're going to look through is the Jewish point of view, okay? The Jewish point of view. When Jews heard this Jesus bringing the good news of the kingdom of God, this is what they heard. Point number one in your notes. Jesus is Messiah. Jesus is Messiah. If you got your notes, you're going to want to follow along here this morning. Jesus is Messiah, okay? Okay? Now if we hear this word Jesus Christ in the New Testament, right? You hear the name Jesus Christ all the time. We know that Christ isn't his last name, his name isn't Billy Jesus Christ. You know, it is it is it is a, a title. And that title means anointed one. Okay? Anointed one. It means that he has been anointed. And, and it is the New Testament version of an Old Testament word, which is that of Messiah. Okay? So every time in the Bible, when you see, Jesus Christ, you can think in your mind, Jesus Messiah, Jesus the Messiah, the Messiah whose name was Jesus. That is what they're talking about. But what is this Messiah? Uh, We kind of understand this idea of a Messiah as someone who is anointed to to bring freedom, to bring salvation to a people, okay? How many of you movie people? Any of you movie people? Some of you movie buffs? Like you like to go to movies all the time, okay? Aaron and I don't go to many movies because we're like, we get bored about 10 minutes in. We just don't go to a lot of movies, all right? But but there are... If you go see movies on a regular basis, you see this idea of Messiah is in movies all the time. This idea of somebody who's who's there is gonna save the people, gonna rescue the people. We talked about it last week, the first movie is Star Wars. Remember the Star Wars movie, okay? There's the chosen one. They're looking for the chosen one, okay? How many ever saw the movie The Matrix? The Matrix, anybody see the movie The Matrix? Remember that one? They talked about the one. They were waiting for this one who was gonna come and just kind of solve all the problems. And then how many parents had to see Lego movie? Anybody have to see Lego movie? Okay, like a movie. Okay, the what was it called? The special. The special. They were waiting for the special. This guy. He was the special. Everything is awesome. that movie. Okay. All right. So the, this idea of a Messiah who is going to come and going to rescue people. All right. This is an this is an idea. And the the nation of Israel, which is God's people in the Old Testament. They went through a time of destruction, 722, the northern kingdom gets destroyed again, 586 BC, uh, the southern kingdom gets taken to exile, Jerusalem, the city of God, like a place where God's supposed to reign, gets destroyed, right? And these people are sitting around like, what is going on? And during that time, prophets begin to prophesy about the one, this chosen one, the special who's going to become, this Messiah is going to come, and he is going to rescue and save the people, all right? And one of those people who prophesied this was Isaiah the prophet. Okay, Isaiah talks all about Messiah. If you read Isaiah, tons of stuff about the prophet, or about this Messiah that's going to come. One of the passages comes out of Isaiah 52. In the midst of a long prophecy, he's talking the next chapter, he describes what this Messiah is going to look like. But here's what it says. It says, how beautiful on the mountains are the feet of those who bring good news. This word is the same root for the word that we talked about in the New Testament, this gospel. Bringing this gospel... Who proclaim peace, who bring good tidings, who proclaim salvation, who say to Zion, Your God reigns. What is Isaiah talking about? See, the Jewish people are in a position where they're like, What is going on? The city of God's been destroyed. The nation's been destroyed. We're taken off into exile. What is going on? Are you there, God? Do you care about us? Have you forgotten your people? Kind of the same stuff we say at times, right? where are you? What's going on? I don't understand this. We all experience that at times. time. This is where the Jewish people are. And Isaiah is given this understanding. He's given this vision of a future. This future date when, when what's going to happen? God would establish his kingdom on earth. And he would reign again. The Messiah would establish the kingdom of God in the midst of our presence here on earth. That's what they're looking forward to. And here's how you can understand that. Because you know what this word kingdom really means? Like we have a hard time because we don't have a lot of kingdoms in the world, Right? Uh, But this word kingdom is an active word. So it might be more accurate for you to understand it as the reign of God or the the rule of God, not simply the kingdom of God. And so Isaiah's proclaiming this day is going to come where this Messiah is going to come and proclaim your God reigns. The kingdom of God has come and his king, his Messiah has established the rule and the reign and the authority of God here on earth. All right. All right, that's the first lens. Turn to your neighbor and say, one down. One down. Okay, one down. All right. All right. Jesus is Messiah. That's the first thing people hear. Okay? Second lens that we're going to look at is a different vantage point. Instead of the Jewish viewpoint, we're going to look at it through the Roman viewpoint. All right? So when the Romans heard Jesus proclaiming the good news of the kingdom of God, what did the Romans hear? Point number two in your notes. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. This word Lord was reserved for people like the emperor, Caesar, the ruler. This is a, you know, he is the ruler. He's the one in charge. But when they heard this idea of gospel, they heard this. Jesus is Lord, okay? Again, when we think of the word gospel, think about it. What is the context that you hear gospel or good news? in church, talking about Jesus, and it's a spiritual thing, right? That's what we hear. But really, the Greek word, the original Greek word, is more uh, talking about this good news of a military or a political announcement. Something is being announced that has changed within the world, alright? This is what's going on. So N.T. Wright talks about this in a book uh, called Simply Good News. If you've never read it, it's a great book talking about this concept of the kingdom of God, alright? But he gives an example, he uses the example of when Rome needed a new emperor, okay? Again, this is a little history, so you got to stick with me, fight with me for a second, okay? But around the, the turn, just before Christ was born, uh, the Roman Empire, there was a battle for, like, who's going to be in charge of the Roman Empire? Who's going to take control? And there was a, a toggling between Octavian and Mark Antony, okay? There was a battle. Who's going to take control of the Roman uh, Empire? And Octavian defeats... Uh, Mark Antony. And now it is he is the one in control, okay? And so they send messengers out around the whole kingdom to tell what? The good news, the gospel of what has taken place. The good news that this uh, Octavian has taken over, he is the new ruler. He is the new one in authority. The decisive victory has been won and he is now in control, okay? Jesus Here's the Lord. How many football fans? How many football fans we got out there? So there's less Vikings fans this week than there were last week. Okay. I'm gonna do this. So I saw a meme this past week. Vikings fans get over it for a second. Okay. This is the meme. Why are female Vikings fans cool to date? Because they don't expect a ring in the future. Sorry. <laughs> okay, sorry. Take that off the screen so nobody throws anything at me. Okay. Alright, football fans. You got football fans out there, alright? So if you understand football, if you don't, I'll explain to you in a moment, okay? In a football game, in many games, there is a moment when the game is over, but it's not over yet. Here's what I mean. Here's what happens. If you are the team and you are winning, you are winning, and the other team doesn't have any more timeouts left, and you can basically control the ball for the remaining minute of the game, the game is over. Everybody's dumping the Gatorade. It's over with. It's over. it's just everybody's waiting for the clock to run out. That's what happens, okay? right. This is what we're talking about here. What has happened is the, the decisive blow has been laid, just like Octavian. He made the decisive blow against Mark and he distro- defeated him. Now... It hasn't fully realized. The word hasn't got to everybody yet. It's going to take some time. There might be some skirmishes that have to be dealt with, but you can understand it is imminent. The reign and the rule of Octavian is about to take place because he's the new Lord. And here's when, when these Romans would hear the good news of Jesus Christ, the good news of the kingdom of God. They are hearing this. There is a new sheriff in town. Like, we might see this world that says Caesar is Lord, but no, if his reign and rule has come, then Jesus is Lord. Jesus is King. He is in charge right now. It might take a little time, but the decisive blow has been had. He is now Lord. That's the lens that the Romans hear. Alright? So there's their two lenses. Alright? Jesus is Messiah, and Jesus is Lord. They both proclaim one very very simple truth. And it's this, our God reigns. Like the world has been waiting for this good news. The good news is, yes, you're saved, absolutely. There's salvation for us, absolutely. But it is much bigger than that. In the midst of the darkness, in the destruction of our world, in the midst of a world that is chaos, and we don't know what, what end is right, we don't understand anything, guess what? God has broken into creation, and his king is on the throne today, all right? That is the good news of the gospel, Then when we don't understand what is happening in this world, there is a king who rules and reigns. His authority has come to earth today, and that decisive blow has come through the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. The kingdom of God is here. That is what the good news is. That God is here. And this is what was proclaimed from the beginning. You know, we, we a lot of times we think, well, what were they proclaiming? They were proclaiming salvation to heaven. We're just getting saved. You get your, your salvation, so you get to go to heaven. That's not what was preached from the very beginning. What did Peter preach on the day? Remember? The so Holy Spirit gets poured out. He stands before a bunch of people and he proclaims. What does he say here? Look what it says in Acts chapter 2, verse 36. Therefore, let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus whom you crucified, which I love that. He's like, pointing well, to you guys just killed this guy. Heads up. He's Lord and Messiah. He's Lord and Messiah. This king that you just killed, you just put up on a cross, you just killed the very son of God who is now reigning and ruling over this world. Like, you're on the wrong side of the fence on this one, guys. You've missed it. You might want to make a little change. You might want to come into submission under this king who is now reigning and ruling on this earth. You need to get your perspective correct, okay? But see, it doesn't end here. This Jesus and this Lord and Messiah—it is throughout all of Scripture. What's one of the most familiar descriptions of Jesus? Jesus Christ, our Lord, or the Lord Jesus Christ. Remember, Christ means Messiah. So, what do we see, Jesus? Messiah. Every time they talk about Jesus, what are they talking about? He is Lord. He is Messiah. He is Lord. He is Messiah. He is the reigning king. He is the one Israel was waiting for and he's the one the Romans wished would come. A king and a lord that didn't come like everybody else that said, ah, I'm going to whack you over the head and I'm in control. No, a, a father who came and gave his son and died for us. He didn't come as one who was trying to dominate. He came as one who was a servant. See, this is the good news of the gospel because there is a new sheriff in town and his name is Jesus. This is the good news for us. Alright? And what does it look like? What does it look like when Jesus is in charge? See, he doesn't come as this dominant one only playing to to the rich, to the ones with influence. See, that's not what Jesus looks like. What did Jesus say? He says this in a... In Luke uh, chapter 4, verse 18. Uh, Let me let me turn to that. I don't think I put that one on the notes. Yeah. Luke chapter 4, verse 18 says this: the Spirit of the Lord is on me. The Spirit of the Lord is on me. Why? Because He has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom. For the prisoner, and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. You see, when Jesus is on the throne, when he's the one in control, it gets really good for everybody. Because what happens? The the outsiders get brought near. The broken are restored, the orphans are cared for, the marginalized are thought about, the marginalized are brought to the front and said, listen, I want to take care of this person. Right that's what it looks like when Jesus is king. And so it's good news for you because guess what? Guess where you were at? You were broken. You were an outsider. You were lost. There was no hope for you. Like it was over with. But guess what? Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Messiah and now there is hope for your life because there is a new sheriff in town. Okay? That is what the good news is of the gospel. Jesus is on the throne. But there's a kingdom truth that we need to hold on to here this morning, okay? Look at this kingdom truth here. It says the kingdom of God is now and not yet. The kingdom of God is now and not yet. We get the not yet part. Right? We get that, okay, if the kingdom of God is here, the reign and the rule of God is here, but when I look around at this world around me, I don't I don't see it everywhere. Like how many know there's there's a mess? You can watch the news and you see like it's a disaster at times. Like what is going on in our world? If God's in control, then I don't understand this. You see, there is a day coming where God's reign will fully be expressed, right? Where his authority will completely be expressed. There is a not yet that we are living in right now. There's this day we look forward to as it says in Philippians chapter 2 when talking about Jesus. Philippians 2 Uh, verse 9 says this, Therefore God exalted him being Jesus to the highest place and gave him in the name that's above every name that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. That day is coming. And then we get to Revelation, and this should be the part of you. If you know handles Messiah, the, Handel's Messiah should be playing in the back of your mind. Revelation chapter 11 says, The kingdom of the world has become the kingdom of our Lord and his Messiah, and he will reign forever and ever. Hallelujah, hallelujah. That's what we're singing, right? If you're not familiar with the Hallelujah Chorus, this is the exact scripture they are quoting. His kingdom shall reign forever and ever. That is the good news. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Messiah. But what about now? What about now? Okay, that's, that's good news out there. But what about now? Here's the reality. The kingdom of God, the reign of God is Now, and, not yet. Here's the thing we need to recognize. The decisive blow was laid. See, that's what the power of the the cross and the power of the resurrection initiate, this kingdom of God coming to earth. But here's the deal. You and I are saved to the kingdom of God. Listen to me for a second. Oftentimes, in Christianity, it gets pitched this way that that salvation is your ticket to heaven. Right? You, you, you get saved, you got your ticket to heaven. I got my ticket, you got your ticket, I got my ticket, we're all going to heaven. Awesome, okay? That's not how scripture talks about this thing. You are not getting your ticket to heaven. Oh, will you go to, absolutely, but salvation is not a ticket to heaven. Salvation is entrance into the kingdom of God. That's what you have been brought into. You have been invited into the kingdom of God. And the kingdom of God is not just a not yet. It is a now thing. You are born again. When, when in John chapter 3 it talks about being born again. We are born. It is a spiritual birth into The kingdom of God. Look what it says in Colossians chapter 1. It says, for he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the son he loves. In whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. You are being saved into the kingdom of God. To the rule and to the reign of Jesus. That's what it means to be saved. It isn't just simply holding on to your ticket until Jesus comes. No, you have been invited now into the kingdom of God. Is heaven your destiny? Absolutely we are called to the kingdom today, okay, and so I want to get close up here this morning uh, by going to our big so what, and the big so what, there's two parts to our big so what, and this is where we're going to start wrestling with what does this mean for our lives a little bit, and it says, the first part says this, uh, the kingdom has come, okay, the kingdom of God has come, that's a big thing, that's important for us to understand, the kingdom, the reign, the rule of God, that means he is in control. When we don't see it, when we don't understand it, he is in control. He has established his authority here on this earth. And we have, can have confidence in that, okay? So there's times we like, 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 it's hard, right? There's times when you don't understand. There's times when you're confused and like, there's times when you're like, I don't, I don't understand. You turn the news on and you're like, oh, gosh, what's going on here? Like, we can have confidence in this. that the death and the resurrection of Jesus can help us understand the Reality is, God reigns. He is in control, okay? And when He reigns, what does it come? It comes with justice, peace, hope, joy, goodness, salvation. It comes with all the good stuff, okay? But here's the second part of the big so what. this morning. It's this. The kingdom of God has come. Start living like it. Start living like it. What do I mean? Two things I mean. First and foremost is this, that sometimes... We live with a defeatist mindset. We live with this mindset that says, I just got to hold on. I just got to try and hold on until Jesus comes. That's why I got to hold on. Listen, listen, you are serving the one who's in control. Can we act like we don't? We act like I don't know if I'm going to be able to make it. Listen, Jesus is in control. He is Lord. He is Messiah. He reigns on the throne. Why don't we start acting like it? Why don't we start talking like it? Rather than living in like fear, we can live in faith. Whether than are watching the news, we sit and watch the news and say, "Man, this world's going to hell in a hand mask. guess what? Jesus is still on the throne. Let's live like it. Let's think like it. Let's pray like it. Sometimes our prayers are done here. Jesus, bless this food. Keep me safe. Like, okay, that's good. Cool. Pray that if you want to. But God, God, would you establish your kingdom here through me? Would you do a work in me? God, would you allow your glory to be seen here on the earth? God, would you use me in a powerful way? God, would you do the miraculous here? Would you do the things that you promised? Can we pray like he is in control? His kingdom has come. Let's start acting like it. The second part of this, I think, is the is the biggest challenge. And the thing that I think we totally miss out on when we read the scriptures. And it's this, that if your view of salvation is that you just got your ticket to heaven, then what you do now doesn't matter. I got my ticket. Good. It really doesn't, yeah, I should try and be a good Christian. Like, I should try and be a nice guy. That would be good too. So probably like that, but I got my ticket, so we're good. Right? Let me deal. Right? If that's our view of salvation, the now doesn't matter, but hear this, that is not, salvation is not your ticket to heaven, salvation is entrance into the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is here and now, and you get to be a part of it, and when you begin to understand your role in God's kingdom, it begins to change you. Remember, we talked about this back in the, the Don't Go to Church series. You are not called to sit in a pew and wait till Jesus comes. You are called to get active, to be a part of advancing his movement in this world. That's what the church is. The church is a part of representing the kingdom of God here and now. Think about this. Jesus taught us to pray, right? Okay? We all, all of you, my my guess is the majority of you in this room know how to recite the prayer that Jesus taught us. But there is a line in there that we totally forget about. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Listen to me for a second. If you think about that, more often than not, we pray the complete opposite of that. Rather than thinking about how can we get heaven to earth, what are we thinking about? How can we get earth to heaven? i gotta, I got to get to heaven. i got to do this. i got to put this stuff away. I gotta this. There's some scripture that talks about that. But Jesus was preoccupied with how do we bring heaven heaven to earth how do we bring the realities of the kingdom and the reign of God's authority here on earth do you know who he's trying to do it through every single one of us you profess Christ is your Lord, guess what? You have the opportunity to be a part, to partner with what God is doing in the world to bring the rule and the reign and the authority of Jesus to this world. Every time you respond in love rather than wrath and anger towards someone, every time you show grace and mercy rather than turning in anger, you know what you're doing? You're bringing the kingdom of God, the rule of God, the reign of God to this earth. Every opportunity you respond as Christ would call you to, you are bringing the rule and the reign. You are allowing His authority to be evident here on earth as it is in heaven. You are partnering with what God has done. Young person, you may not even think, I'm young, I don't really matter, who cares about what I do? Guess what? You have the opportunity to bring the kingdom of God right into your school. Everywhere where you work, I don't care where you work at. You can bring the kingdom of God right where you are. That is what it means. It isn't just simply, I'm just going to kind of be a good Christian here. No, you are establishing the reign and the rule of God's authority right where you are. That's what it means to be a kingdom person. That is what Jesus came to proclaim. That is what the good news is. It isn't just, get my ticket to heaven. It is you are joining the creator of the universe in what he is doing in the world. And that's far more exciting than just sitting on a shelf and waiting until Jesus comes. Right? Right? Like, I don't want to just, I'm a, I'm a guy, I like to do stuff. I like to feel like, I love, that's what I said, I like mowing my lawn. Because when I'm done, it's like, boom, I'm, I'm mowing a lawn, right? That feels good, right? And this is the good news, man. Guess what? You get to do stuff. You get to be a part of God's eternal plan in this world. Bringing the kingdom of God here, on earth, as it is in heaven. That's the joy of being a follower of Christ. And that's what the good news is about. I want to close with a question. It's a very simple question, but we're going to take some time to, to kind of wrestle this a little bit. And the question is just this. What kingdom are you living for? What kingdom are you living for? What kingdom has your allegiance? Some, we got to think about it because in our, in our everyday lives you know, it's very easy for us to live to say yeah, yeah I love Jesus, I love Jesus but when it comes to our day to day life we really would say it's not the kingdom of our culture really is the one that dominates my heart the, the kingdom, the rule and the reign of this, this culture is what dictates how I live, the decisions I make what I wear, how I think my morality that's, that's what owns me Instead of saying God, I, I, I want to live with allegiance to Your kingdom. Another place that I see it very prevalent, and I'm gonna just going to, I'm going to voice it now because we're a little over a year out, comes into our political arena. Okay, and you know we're a little less than a year away from a presidential election. You know what? Where you stand on that one, that's fine. But here's the reality: at the end of the day, you are not called to the kingdom of your political party, or the kingdom of your candidate, you are called to first and foremost be followers of the kingdom of God, representatives of the kingdom of God. And I've watched people who would say, yes, I love Jesus, I love Jesus, and act in ways that are completely contrary to what the kingdom principles are because they're in support of a particular direction, okay? And that's fine. You, You should listen to your heart and say, where is God calling me to be? But your first and foremost allegiance is that you are citizens of the kingdom of God, the reign and the rule of Christ, first and foremost. That means something. That means Trump ain't Lord. That means your Democratic candidate ain't Lord. That means, you know, your political party isn't Lord. That means Jesus is Lord, okay? First and foremost, he is your king. He is in control, all right? And are we going to live that way? Are we going to live lives where we say, God, I'm more passionate The thing that beats in my heart is not for my candidate, but what beats in my heart is is bringing the kingdom here that I would be a reflection. That I would live out the kingdom of God, his reign, his rule right here on earth as it is in heaven. Okay? And I'm going to challenge us, you know, I'll just pause here for a second. I'm going to challenge us that we as a church here, that over the next year and change here, getting ready for another, that we would live that way. Okay? I'm going to challenge you in the way you post, the things you say, the interactions that you have, that you first and foremost will stop yourself and say, whose kingdom am I really a part of first? Okay? And make sure that we never take a step outside of that. I think we can do that. We can we can serve Jesus in a, healthy, in a healthy way. We can do it in a way that represents him well and brings his kingdom here, okay? But there's other arenas in your life where you're like, you know what? I may not be living for the kingdom. I might be living for another one. So here's what we're going to do this morning. I want you to, if you have a bulletin, I want you to take it out. Even if you weren't taking notes, I want everybody to grab it. Uh, you'll notice at the bottom of your bulletin is a list. It's just a list, okay? If you need to share it with the person next to you, you might not want to write this down right now, but uh, here's what I'm going to ask you to do. I'm going to pray for us in a moment, and then I'm going to give us about a minute or two and I'm going to pray that the Holy Spirit would reveal something to you. I want you to look over this list. I want you to let your eyes just go over every single one of these and say, Holy Spirit, is this an area where, where I'm living for your kingdom, or is there another kingdom at play here? Okay? And I'm going to believe that the Holy Spirit is going to breathe to us something unique and different for each and every one of you And say, you know what, this is an area of my life, God, where I maybe have not been living for your kingdom. I have not been representing your kingdom. Let's allow the Holy Spirit to speak to him and say, God, God if we truly are going to be your followers, then, then we want to live that way. We don't want to just give lip service to this faith. We actually want to live this thing out. So I want to pray over you for a moment. God, we thank you that you've invited us into something good, that we get to join your kingdom and what you are doing in this world. God, I pray that you would help us. God, to see areas in our life that are maybe blind spots right now where we're not really living for your kingdom. Instead, we're allowing the allegiance to another authority to rule in us. God, we want to lay those things down. God, I pray by your Holy Spirit right now that you would bring revelation. So church, I'm going to give you two minutes. I want you to look across these. And if you got your own notes, if you want to circle it, you want to write it down, take a moment and see what those things are. We're going to offer those to God for the moment.